0: What's up, what's up, what's up, Snap Survivors? I am Tasha Pierce. This is After the Snap, a virtual refugee camp for everyone affected by Thanos Snap. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. And this is a very special episode with me. Um, I hung out with From Ada Geeks. Over on their platform this time where we did a very comprehensive breakdown of the MCU movie by movie in release order. So um, that's what you guys are getting this week. Um, actually, I'm giving you the first half of that episode. If you'd like to listen to that episode in its entirety, Head over to From A to Geeks. You can find them on Spotify, iTunes, uh, YouTube. Head over there and check out Eddie and James at From A to Geeks podcast. You can hang out, catch the rest of this episode. It's a pretty decent episode. Like I told you all before, they go a lot longer than I do. So we hung out for quite a few hours and we really chopped the MCU up. In very small bite-sized pieces that somebody who is not familiar with the MCU can handle. Outside of that, I'm going to catch you on the back end of this, tell you what we've got going on this Friday over here at After The Snap, but for now, enjoy this episode.
1: Dust lead before their feet. Their eyes swelled as they began to weep. Half of all that once was, became nothing but mere memories. Such destruction had not been seen in centuries. Anger festered from the depths within. They said to themselves, we must do whatever it takes to win. For the War of Infinity, was not yet one. This anguish, this misery, was all caused by one. One mad titan who thought he knew best. One soul who saw himself above all the rest. The only one who could save all life. No matter the cost. No matter the strife. So now, the Fallen must be avenged. A team will assemble to bring forth the end. Whatever it takes for a victory to claim. For we have all now entered the end game. on April 26th. Witness the greatest conclusion in cinematic history as the Infinity Saga comes to a close in Avengers Endgame.
2: Hope you liked that intro. Dr. Doom and Gloom put a lot of work into it, and we hope you enjoyed it. Uh so
1: as usual, I'm Eddie. And I'm James, aka Dr. Doom and Gloom. Welcome and behold.
2: Today on our episode, we have a very special guest. If you saw the first part of our collab, joining us today is Tasha Pierce. Tasha, tell them what's up.
0: Now they don't tell me what's up. What's up, what's up, what's up? What's <laughs> up, what's up? <laughs>
3: How are you doing today?
0: Everything is everything. How are you guys? Excellent. Yeah. We're good. Glad looking to forward you. to this episode. Yeah, we've
3: been like 7,000 pages of notes <laughs> in front of me typed up. It's like fucking 4,000, 5,000 words, but you know, we're going to get through it. <laughs> yeah. <Sure will. laughs> so, James, do you want to kick it off? Sure. So, today, as we've stated in the past, is the episode I have personally been looking forward to. Uh, It is a comprehensive breakdown of the MCU. So, we'll get right into it. What is the MCU? The MCU stands for Marvel Cinematic Universe. It is a collection of movies that tells individual stories in a shared universe, while at the same time culminating into an overall story arc that will conclude in Avengers Endgame, coming out on April 26, 2019. The MCU is split... Yeah. (laughs) The MCU is split into three phases which was recently named the Infinity Saga. So I'm going to break this down movie by movie. This is release order, not the recent chronological order that and that Marvel Studios gave. Uh, because I always say when people ask, whenever there's a bunch of movies in a certain trilogy or saga or whatever, I always say go with release order. For many reasons, particularly graphics, acting things always seem to get better or most of the time as if they're like you know lasting this long yeah especially uh, over 10 years that's it they yeah. usually get better as it goes on
2: so and just before we kick it off yeah. uh, i just wanted to mention that this will be very very spoiler light so there will yeah, be very spoiler light. little to no spoiler so if you do plan on going back and watching all of these movies by all means go for it we're just going to kind of help you and guide you along the way
3: For those of you who have listened to us before, you already know a bunch of this. You're probably already into the MCU. This is more for people who you might want to get into the MCU. For people listening who are just starting to listen to us and they want to know what the hell the MCU is, how it breaks down. It's 22 movies, or at least it will be when Avengers Endgame comes out. So it's a lot to break down. So I have split it out into phases. And within those phases, I got each movie with the dates, the director, the screenplay... And then major characters that are introduced in that. I am not going into plot. I'm not sure I'm going to stay away from the spoilers. Tasha and Eddie will interject with some other facts and some Easter eggs and whatnot as we go along. But in saying all that, here we go.
0: Let's get it.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, as I said, this is the Infinity Saga, starting with phase one. The first movie, Iron Man, uh, that came released on May 2nd, 2018, directed by Jon Favreau. The screenplay is by Mark Fergus, Hawk Oxby, Art Markham, and Matt Holloway. It is starring Robert Downey Jr., Terrence Howard, Jeff Bridges, Sean Toob, and Gwyneth Paltrow. Now, they introduced major characters in this movie. Now, before I say this, this is my own personal choice of the major characters. That means that it's the characters that I think leave a lasting effect on the MCU, whether that be that they continue throughout the entirety of it, they just had a, a very big impact in that particular movie itself, or they were just a fun character that I really think stands out. If I've left any out that you might wanted to have heard of that you already know about the MCU and you think that it's important for somebody you're telling about the MCU to know about, go for it. But this is my <laughs> personal uh, thoughts of the major characters introduced.
2: And if you do want to kind of mention it to us, because you think we yeah, missed one, ahead. mention it in the comments. Let us know. Comments, all that shit. Uh, <laughs> I'll
3: get to that later on. So so anyway, so the major characters introduced in this movie are Tony Stark, a.k.a. Iron Man, James Rhodey Rhodes, Obadiah Stane, Virginia Pepper Potts, Jarvis, the A.I. in Tony's suit and in his house, period, uh, Shield agent Phil Coulson, played by Clark Gregg, and director of S.H.I.E.L.D., Nick Fury, played by Samuel L. Jackson. The movie is produced by Marvel Studios and distributed by Paramount Pictures. And this was Marvel's first fully internally financed film. Yeah. And that's fully... all I gotta say about that.
0: <laughs> fully internally financed because nobody wanted to bet on this movie.
3: <laughs> right. Right. Well, oh, that's the thing. This is the movie that kicked it all off, picking a right. character that wasn't exactly the biggest of the big. He mm-hmm. And it all rolled on the shoulders of Robert Downey Jr. They were
2: ramping him up in the comics at the time, I think, with this in mind. You probably, like you yeah. said, this is the first time Marvel Studios itself actually took a stab at it. Uh, especially rough for them, considering the Hulk before that, not the Incredible Hulk that preceded it but did not do well was not Ang- Ang- Ang Lee movie.
0: version huh yeah, the yeah. Ang Lee movie,
3: yeah exactly uh you guys got anything else to say about iron man before i move on
0: well, i want to give you some 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 uh money information excellent we can say that it had a production budget of 186 million dollars god damn not bad yeah <laughs> That was a and big a production game, budget. Bad. That's a lot of fucking money, man. <laughs> That's I never a huge, <laughs> huge bet on Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, oh, yeah.
3: Actually, interesting enough, Robert Downey Jr. was not even considered originally. He had to fight for the role. He had to tell them, "Look, I am Iron Man. I can, <laughs> I can, I can do this." And they said, "Well, because about you know how we if you know anything about Robert Downey Jr. <clears throat> excuse me." You know, he's had a lot of problems in the, back, in the past with mm-hmm. uh, alcoholism and drugs, abuse, and all that kind of stuff. And he was a major problem for studios whenever he would be a part of a movie. But right. uh, he cleaned himself up.
0: they said. He, they he couldn't even get insurance. That's it. <laughs>
3: so he cleaned himself up. He bulked himself up because they also said he's too skinny. And Iron Man needs to be bulked up. And so he bulked himself up. He came in. He auditioned. And they said, well, there's our Tony Stark.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and I'm happy
3: he did. Right. And it, yeah, and it's been riding on his shoulders ever since.
0: Right. Yep. Well, they pretty much did, they uh made a whole hell of a lot of money during the opening weekend. That was a hundred two million, one hundred eighteen dollars. And then, um, domestic box office got three hundred and nineteen millions domestically. Worldwide was five hundred and eighty-five million. Nice. Yeah. So made a profit
1: yeah <laughs> yeah Pretty
0: compared to what they're
2: making now though that's a joke oh but. yeah
0: it's like a drop in the bucket i mean but <laughs> hey it gets worse so yeah, gets <laughs> worse it. before it gets better i'm sure you guys know though oh absolutely. yeah <laughs> absolutely
2: also something worthwhile mentioning is that although this movie seemed very very well planned out and executed pers- like to a t It actually wasn't. Behind the scenes, there were a lot of on-set discussions about what the direction was and what was going to happen. So this was all kind of last minute. They really had a lot of writing on this, obviously, being the one that kicked off the MCU. Uh, So director John Favreau would often have calls with Kevin Feige, with Robert Downey Jr., and they would all kind of get involved in the next step, in the next step of production, in the next step of the story.
3: Now, if you're asking yourself, who is Kevin Feige? I will get to that at the end. As to what he is, what he what he's in charge of, and who he represents. But I wanted to stick with the movies first. If that sounds good to y'all. The god of the MCU. <laughs> yeah,
0: you're going to hear his name. Because he is the MCU god, but... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's cool to just save the best for last, I guess. Yeah, that's it. And he's actually a real person. When we say MCU, God, we're just
3: making joke. Yeah. He's the orchestrator. Yeah. Of- you'll, you'll understand when I get into it at the end What, uh, why we say what we deem him that. Yeah. All right. So, if that is that, I will move on to the next movie. So, the next one in line is The Incredible Hulk that was released on June 8th, 2008. Directed by Louis Letterier or Letterier or Hashtag James the Names. Goddamn names. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> the screenplay was by Zach Penn. It was starring Edward Norton, Liv Tyler, Tim Roth, Tim Blake Nelson, Ty Burrell, and William Hurt. It introduced the major characters Bruce Banner, a.k.a. The Hulk, Betty Ross, uh, Emil, uh, wait, Emil Blonsky, a.k.a. Abomination. Samuel Stearns, a.k.a. Leader, and General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. It was produced by Marvel Studios and distributed by Universal Pictures. Now, here's where things get a little interesting. Hulk character, or the Hulk character, is owned by Marvel, as well as the rights to make solo Hulk films, as it is right now. Now, you're probably asking yourself, then, why hasn't there been any more Hulk movies? Well... However, uh, Universal still has what they call First Refusal Clause in the contract. Therefore, they can make a solo Hulk movie, but Marvel must approach Universal first to distribute it, which would mean it would be taking money away from Marvel's parent company, currently right now, Disney. Mm. And therefore, that's why that hasn't happened. <laughs> so if there's anything else you guys want to add, go ahead now.
0: Um, well, The Incredible Hulk... You said it it was I'm forgot what was the pen, the uh screenwriter's name, Zach? Zach Penn. You know that Edward Norton kind of started sticking his hands in things. When they when they signed him on to play Bruce Banner, he decided if I'm to play this character, I have to rewrite this, the screenplay.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: And that's where shit went south, I think, <laughs> because on a production budget budget of a hundred thirty seven million five hundred thousand dollars, opening weekend gave us back fifty five million four hundred fourteen dollars, mm-hmm. and that is a shitty start to it is. a shitty domestic box office, which was a dollars, <laughs> and worldwide it only. Uh, It only grossed two hundred sixty-five million five hundred and seventy-three dollars Now, I know that sounds like an awful lot of money, but it is nothing when we're talking about the terms of what we're getting into later in the MCU. The building blocks of the MCU, this was kind of low. Compared to Iron Man, it was low
2: opening weekend. But for an opening weekend, that's actually not bad. Like Shazam recently had an opening weekend domestically of 56, I believe. Think about how much but, they
0: spent on Shazam.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But I'm just saying, like, the, you, I think the problem was with the movie afterwards, and people realized, and we're like not getting behind it the same way that they got behind Iron Man. I mean, you yeah. can see it opening weekend as well. Uh, but yeah, something interesting about Edward Norton—he doesn't continue on, right? So we know well, that we will on. get to
3: that once the next Hulk comes up.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. So he ended up leaving, uh, as you kind of got a little bit of insight from Tasha. Uh, there were some complications behind the scenes, but in a more recent interview in 2014 with The Hollywood Reporter, his reason for leaving is quoted as, My feeling was that I experimented and experienced what I wanted to. I really, really enjoyed it, and yet I looked at the balance of time and life that one spends not only making those sorts of films, but then especially putting them out and the obligations that rightly, rightfully come with that. And... Uh, He also said that I think you can sort of do anything once, but if you do it too many times, it can become a suit that's hard to take off in other people's eyes, which is different than what he was saying in 2010, because in 2010, he kind of left it more vague. Obviously, he's going to talk about it a little bit more as time passes. Mm -hmm. But in 2010, he simply said, it seems it won't work out for me. I sincerely hoped it could happen and be great for everyone, but it hasn't turned out as well as we hoped. Correct. Yeah, well, you know.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like happened. he's trying to say like I I still feel shade in that what in that comment. Like it's like a suit you can't take off. Like he's saying that the people that continued on in these franchises are now typecast. Mm. And I don't well. see that, you know. I don't see that.
2: He, he's known to be kind of, you know, yeah, a little trouble. bit tough to, be, to, to deal with. And amazing whatnot, actor. I won't, I won't yeah. say yes. anything oh, away from
0: that. Absolutely.
3: Amazing actor. And he was a great Bruce Banner, I found.
2: He was incredible. I love that iteration of Hulk.
3: Yeah. Right. But, yeah. Uh, you know, it is what it is, and we moved on from it.
2: Yep. <laughs> and while he
3: moved on, Hulk continued. That's right. So, uh, unless you have something else to say, Tasha, I'm going to move on.
0: You move on, bro. All right. <laughs> uh
3: so next is number 3 in phase 1 Iron Man 2 that was released on May 7, 2010, directed again by Jon Favreau, screenplay by Justin Theroux or Theroux, for you uh, Americans out there. Uh, <laughs> uh starring Robert Downey Jr., Gwyneth Paltrow, Don Cheadle, Now, here's where things get a little interesting again. You thought Edward Norton was the only complication. Yeah, no, not really. Don Cheadle replaces Terrence Howard as James Brody Rhodes. And because Howard claimed that producers tried to cut him, uh, his salary, for the sequel. And when his agent said, nah, this isn't happening, he ain't doing it, if you don't, you know, do something about that. (laughs) Marvel was like, nah. He's replaced.
2: I heard he wanted to actually up his salary to match Robert Downey Well, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's
3: it. But his agent said no to him being again if they don't do that. Ah, okay. So they said, okay, bye. (laughs) Bye, Felicia. (laughs) 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 Um, Right, so yeah, that happened there. Uh, Then we got Scarlett Johansson, Sam Rockwell, Mickey Rourke, and Samuel L. Jackson. The major characters introduced in this was War Machine. Now, James Roddy Rhodes is War Machine. He was, mm-hmm. I said he was introduced, a major character, as James Rody Rhodes in the original Iron Man. I'm saying now War Machine because he did not take on the mantle of War Machine until this movie. Correct.
0: Huh? Uh,
3: moving on, we got S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Natasha Romanov, a.k.a. Black Widow. Uh, Justin Hammer... Ivan Vanko, aka Whiplash, who the character is actually an Almagam. Uh, is it Almagam? Almogam? I don't know, man. Combination. Basically, <laughs> is, is a fancy that? word for...
2: Oh, amalgamation.
3: That's it. Mal- yeah. am- amalgam. Whatever. Of Whiplash <laughs> and Crimson Dynamo from the comics. He mm-hmm. was not just purely Whiplash. They took characteristics from Crimson Dynamo and mixed it together. Mm. Uh, and. Last but not least, of major characters introduced in this movie, now you may disagree, but I don't give a fuck, <laughs> Peter Parker. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you're
2: right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but this was some fan service from
0: like I don't give son. a shit, they yeah. made it
3: canon, therefore Peter Parker. <laughs> maybe yeah. not named in the movie yeah. was technically introduced was well, the kid wearing the little Iron Man mask in front of him.
2: Listen, I think this is total BS because <laughs> <laughs> this is like, there's no way that was the case. And then like somebody's just like, hey, Kevin, was that Peter Parker? You know, that random boy that Iron Man talks to? Was that Peter yeah. Parker? And he's like, yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a, that a
0: great fucking idea.
2: Fucking fucking <laughs> <laughs> For no fucking reason, aside from there was a
0: little... Ah, <laughs> fuck it.
2: I
3: love it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> the movie was right. produced by Marvel Studios and Distributed again by Paramount Pictures. And that is that for Iron Man 2. So Tasha, hit us up with them money facts.
0: Digits. Money, money, money. $170 million production budget. $128 million opening weekend. $312 million million domestic. $621, $621 million worldwide.
3: It's safe to say this was an even bigger success than the predecessor.
0: Yeah. However, being probably
3: one of the weaker movies.
0: Honestly, oh, my
2: God. I, I that's just to ask,
0: could I say that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> See, I disagree because I went back and I recently rewatched it. I felt like that for many years. And I went back and I rewatched it. And I'm like, damn, there's some really good elements in this movie. There is,
3: there is. But again, Absolutely. this is where it starts with the weakness of the villains in the MCU. And that's a running trend throughout the beginning of the MCU. Yeah, but like,
2: you know, I, I kind of understand because Especially they're building. Yeah, but I kind of understand because they were kind of looking at it not necessarily necessarily from a TV perspective, but you can kind of look at it from a TV perspective as they're building up the main character. The villain yeah, is you know, irrelevant to not to, not irrelevant, but, you know, not really the centerfold yeah. to, yeah. you know, the story because they're building up the character over time leading up to obviously what we're talking about here. Uh, but something really cool that, speaking of rewatching it, something really cool that I realized in rewatching it. Now, this is the only time we'll be going. Pretty much the only time we'll be going into light spoiler territory. So, if you haven't seen Captain Marvel yet, uh, kind of tune out for about thirty seconds to a minute. So, one thing that I realized watching this one, and it was in the donut uh, donut restaurant scene where yeah. Nick Fury sits down at the table with. Uh, Tony Stark, and Natasha. Well, later Natasha, not at the beginning of the scene.
3: No, right.
2: But if you look at Nick Fury's eye patch, the surrounding area (sighs) does actually look like a fucking cat scratch. No.
0: boy. (laughs) Yes.
2: (laughs) It 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 always has to me. It does, it does. But afterwards, though, in the surrounding area of the eye, you have always that consistent cat scratch look. But it mm-hmm. also gets like black veins around his eyes and stuff like that that kind of make it look like something else happened. But that in that scene particularly, it literally just looks like a cat scratched his eye. <laughs> Which, for those of you who have seen Captain Marvel, know that that is actually what happens to some degree. Anyway, it's not an actual cat, but not a
0: mm. cat, but it was a cat. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> Any, oh hey little, hey little. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> trying to steer away from as much spoilers no, and okay, plot no details spoilers, as we can. Right. Yeah uh that was just cool though like, i know it's cool yeah, but it was. I, I, as i said to you off air outside there when we were smoking a cigarette um sorry tasha i know you're trying to quit <laughs> Man, I, have, I
0: have quit successfully i'm not claiming Excellent. that Good.
3: Good. <laughs> Good. keep keep that up um i i think they had no idea at that time i think it just like ah, well that works well, you know, like, later on. <laughs> or
2: they had that as an idea from the get-go, and then they're like, ooh, maybe that's not a great idea after, like, the phase one, essentially, because phase one was kind of, as Tasha mentioned before, a bit rocky at times. Mm. And uh, and then afterwards, they're like, okay, let's let's redcon this. Let's add some more details to their uh, to his surrounding eye, essentially, eye patch, mm. that will kind of, you know, maybe make it seem like something else. And afterwards, they just got super confident. They're just like, fuck it,
0: a cat did it. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, yep. <laughs> all right. Certain, so. Yeah, certain things people the suspension of disbelief for the first phase. You, we got to think of him as this badass, so we have to kind of guess what happened, and it's not what we guessed. Not Definitely. at all. Not at
2: all. <laughs>
3: but for you, those of you listening who have not seen the MCU, if we ever hear us speaking a tad bit negatively about the earlier movies in uh, in the saga, don't 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 fool yourself. See them all. Get into it. Everything is still great to a certain degree. It is one movie that I think st- sticks out like a sore thumb that actually is pretty much entirely useless, except for one major God. fact.
0: God, but, I think of one too, but I want to say it, <laughs> but I can wait. We're
3: thinking of the same <laughs> one, okay. Okay.
2: <laughs> and I'll bring up one that uh, again, like Iron Man Two, that I remembered as not being so great, but on the second watch, I actually, you know, not on the second watch, but. On this more recent watch, I actually really enjoyed.
0: If You say what I think you're going to say. I'll throw you and that movie in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see.
3: Anyway, moving see. on. <laughs> <laughs> to number four in phase one, Thor. May 6, 2011. Directed by Kenneth Bragna. Screenplay by Ashley Edward. Uh, Ashley Edward Miller, sorry. Uh, Zach Stentz and Don Payne. It is starring Chris Hensworth, Natalie Portman, Tim, uh, Tom Hiddleston, Stalin Skosgard, Colin Fair. I don't ever how to know pronounce that name. What? E O R E. I think it's Fair or Fairer. Fair. Is is it a silent E? Uh, I have no Fort? idea. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, him. <laughs> <laughs> Ray Stevenson, Idris Elba, Kat Dennings, Rene Russo, and Sir Anthony Hopkins. Ooh, it introduces yeesh. major characters: Thor, Jane Foster, Loki, Eric Selvig. Lofi, the King of the Frost Giants. Hemdal, or Hemdall, Hemdall. Uh, Frigga, Odin, and S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Clint Barkin, a.k.a. Hawkeye, played by Jeremy Renner. Produced by Marvel Studios and distributed once again by Paramount Pictures. And that is that for
2: that. So, you didn't have to wait too long. This is the movie I was talking about. So, Tasha, you're going to well, throw me in the movie? No, you,
0: know, you can stay out of the garbage. It's all right. Good. All right. Good. Actually, this movie was pretty good to me. I, I liked like this the movie, original I Thor. Did not. I honestly, originally, when I first saw it,
2: I, I found I don't know, maybe it was because I was expecting something like the others, but I found it kind of was lacking for me. And then on the second watch, I was like, damn, this is really good. I think it's because I really hated Thor. Mm. in that first one <laughs> he acts like such a little brat but he's so supposed to fucking, that's I what no he's i get supposed it I yeah. yeah yeah he has a great arc as a character throughout this entire yes, you know all these phases but yeah that first one really hit a sour note for me at the beginning and then when i watched it again i'm like holy fuck this this is great like, actually to go
3: off of what you just said there i think that's uh, for those of you listening that have not watched any of these that, that is one major pull to the MCU, is not just the fact that these are big blockbuster comic book movies coming to life, but the characters develop over the beginning all the way to the end, and they develop a lot. Yeah, And you keep seeing them over and over again. You keep the consistency, for the most part, with the actors, other than the two we just mentioned there. <laughs>
2: it gets better from here on out. We but, yeah, it gets better
3: with that um also you'll see a lot of times especially as i start getting into the next movie that the screenplay uh writers are kept a lot throughout uh, succeeding um sequels and whatnot to keep that continuity and then you got god kevin feggy at the top making sure everything <laughs> comes together so really it's strange. just that's it it's just really really well done so what's the uh financial uh aspect of this one uh, there tasha
0: okay well thor had a 150 million dollar budget and it uh did a 65 million a little bit over 65 million for opening weekend which might have been a little dis- might have been a little disappointing and um, um domestically it ended at 188 oh, I'm sorry 181 million domestically worldwide it did 449 million 326 so not bad but not definitely bad uh definitely not the same numbers as Iron Man and, and uh, thinking that all of these are B characters they're doing more than a lot of us expected them to do anyway but right still I thought a little bit more for thor what what did you think as far as how much money it was going to make
3: at that point in time with the mcu wasn't even thinking about it <laughs> i was just I, I was just happy to start seeing all these major like uh characters well as you said B characters but nonetheless i knew thor they
0: were known characters yeah Yeah. they were
3: very well known characters and to see them come to a live action incarnations was just like this is fucking jizz in my pants you know
0: (laughs) i I don't do the jizzing thing but i was pretty excited (laughs) i think that like one of the reasons why
2: iron man specifically was doing so well and these other ones were kind of like you know uh lessers to iron man is because at, at that time in 2018 like like the character of iron man the character you mean 2008 sorry <laughs> the character of iron man uh tony stark really kind of fed into what was going on in the world that was like a jersey shore like ed hardy era you know what i mean like mm-hmm. that douchebag was like in you know <laughs> <laughs> so i think a lot of people wanted to see more of that unfortunately i'm happy that's gone away but has it though? Has it? To, I mean, do I'm to the 2008? president of the United States.
0: I, okay, yeah, <laughs> but like, not my president. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying okay. like
2: that type of douchebaggery, like the Jersey Shore type. Yeah, of life, yeah, you guess. know what I mean? Like, but uh, but yeah, nowadays uh, things have changed, thankfully. But well, I mean, not the president, but anyways. <laughs> the other movies were more uh, comic book heavy to some degree. Hulk. Uh, you know, on one side of things, was very you know, oh, this is a beast and whatever. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as relatable as Iron Man was. Mm-hmm. On top of you know, not being douchey like. Well, that. this is
3: also the first Thor was the first movie to go into a whole another like universe. Yeah, kind of thing. yeah,
2: and, and Thor, for the same reason as Hulk, I think, suffered a bit as well. Mm-hmm. People weren't used to soaking all this up.
0: This go is ahead. still the beginning of the MCU, yeah. and like like uh, Kevin Feige. We keep saying his name. You're gonna eventually be introduced to Kevin. But <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Feige said that they were going for like different feels. So they wanted the the kind of uh drama. They mm-hmm. wanted the horror movie. They wanted the fantasy movie with with Thor. And they were just trying to find their footing. Which whatever one, throwing all the shit to the wall, whatever stuck, that's what they was gonna roll with. And mm-hmm. noticed that a lot of, a lot of the writing got more like kind of like iron man after the first after the first phase
2: it did it did that's
0: true and then i kind of went away from that in more
2: recent times i think but
0: because now they like shoot now we own the block you know we yeah. can do we can introduce what we want yeah that's right and now
2: you're really getting clear director visions and things like yep. that rather than so much meddling that's it right <laughs> yeah but yeah, so what I wanted to do for Thor was essentially go back and give you guys where he came from in the comics. So Thor's first appearance was Journey into Mystery, number 83, that was released in uh, on August, in, August sorry, in 1962. It was originally created, Thor, and that particular issue was by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, the dynamic duo. Uh, Journey into Mystery, issue 84, which released a month later was written by Larry Lieber and drawn by Jack Kirby once again, and that was the first time we saw Jane Foster. And then Journey Into Mystery issue 85, released in October that year, was the first time we actually saw Loki, Odin, and Heimdall. Now, you may be wondering, what the hell is Journey Into Mystery? (laughs) Well, let me tell you. Journey Into Mystery is an American comic book series initially published by Atlas Comics, then by its successor, Marvel Comics. So, Atlas Comics was soaked up by Marvel Comics. Atlas Comics initially was a horror comics anthology, and it changed to giant monsters and science fiction stories in the late 1950s. Goddamn. Mm. Oh, no, yeah, that shit. <laughs> 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 a little bit of co- comic book tidbit. Hell yeah.
3: That's what the viewers or the listeners, I should say. <laughs>
2: I'm so, I'm so oh, too to saying viewers. Hey, uh,
0: education. Just, free college <laughs> course in, in the MCU.
3: Y'all going to learn today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if there's nothing else, I will move on to the next movie. Nope. I'll take Let's that. go. All right. Mm-hmm. Captain America, the first Avenger uh, released on July 22nd, 2011 directed by Joe Johnson screenplay by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. You're going to hear these two names come up quite a bit later on mm-hmm. in the MCU mm-hmm. starring Chris Evans, Tommy Lee Jones, Hugo Weaving, Haley Atwell, Sebastian Stan, Dominic Cooper, Neil McDonough, uh, Derek Luke, and Stanley Tucci. It introduced major characters Steve Rogers, aka Captain America, uh, Johann Schmidt, aka Red Skull, Peggy Carter, James Buchanan, Bucky Barnes, and Howard Stark. Produced by Marvel Studios and distributed once again by Paramount Pictures. You can hit us with the financials,
1: Tasha, please.
0: $140 million production budget. This is like one of the jewels of the MCU. I'm just so disappointed at you people that didn't go see this opening weekend and it only had a sixty five million, just like Thor. Sixty five million mm-hmm. opening mm-hmm. weekend. Well, I
3: mean, I guess we can't forget that each of these characters are first being introduced now. So they had to like get their feet off the ground and like people who never heard of these characters may be like, nah. Eh. I don't want to get into this one or whatever. Like, they didn't really know what was going on. Everything was just starting out, right? So... You
2: expect something like Captain America, especially domestically in the States, to blow up. Exactly. Eh. Yeah. But I understand after watching the movie. But anyways... You didn't like it? I wasn't a big fan. I I think it's necessary. It's an enjoyable time. But ultimately, not a great movie. Wow.
0: (laughs) Wow. Well, the domestic box office ended up at 176 (laughs) You're just going to move on, Tasha. Yeah, I'm I'm not not even going to. What what can I say to you? What can I say? We only got a certain amount of time. I cannot just sit here and try to talk you into liking this particular movie. slap you in the fucking face. (laughs) 370 million worldwide. I'm still disappointed. (laughs) 370 worldwide.
3: I man, that's,
0: side, that's not oh, shit wow. wow exactly damn shame on all of you shame <laughs> on all of you
3: well look it wasn't my favorite captain america movie i did enjoy it but it was it didn't uh, admittedly even myself didn't grab me as hard as i thought as as the other ones did like thor and iron man so Later on though Captain America became my
2: uh, shit. At this but... <laughs> time at this point it was my least favorite Marvel movie. Ooh. At that point in
0: time. You yeah. like the Incredible Hulk? I fucking over... loved The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> oh me and you Eddie, we got to fight. Not <laughs> We got to fight. We got to take this shit outside we now. We have
2: a Marvel Universe fights. Ooh. Ooh.
0: <laughs> okay, well let me see. I got I got Thor. You pick your your team. You go to the next movie. I got Thor though. You get you make your pick after the next movie. All
1: right,
0: all right. <laughs> well, before we move to the next movie, I just want to give you guys some facts that tie into the movie. So,
2: spoiler light, uh, nothing crazy that will impact the movie too much for you. Uh, but so, Captain America was created in 1941 by the superstar team of Jack Kirby and no, not Stanley on this one, but Joe Simon. Uh, Captain America, some cool things. So, throughout the movie, as you know, he's fighting some Nazis, Red Skull particularly. But in the first issue of Captain America, he is shown punching Hitler straight in the jaw. Bruh. Maybe why it sold nearly one million comics. Which is huge, especially for, you know, back in the day Bad and whatnot. Generation. Or, you know, it's a big number. Especially, you know, with you know, they're just going. There was no internet. They were just going off word of mouth and whatnot. So word. Well, TV also uh, forty-one uh, yeah. black and white TV. Word of mouth. Word. <laughs> <laughs> but also something else that comes up in the movie again, a light spoiler, nothing heavy, is when Captain America originally starts off. You see him with the classic or, or original triangle shield. So it is pointed at the end. It doesn't. It's not just a triangle, but it's pointed at the end, and it kind of has more of a uh, triangle shape to it. But then it's changed to the iconic circular shield. Uh, Jack Kirby's explanation for making that change in the comics initially was I changed the shield from a triangle because I felt that it was the kind of thing you couldn't do much with except puncture a wall like a spear. But with a circular shield, you could be tricky, and there were wider uses for a circular shield. And therefore, it was better for the character. That is straight from the mouth of Jack Kirby as to why. But it's kind of cool because they do call to that in the movie, and originally Mm -hmm. he has that triangle shield.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Very cool, very cool.
3: Um, Is that it for that one?
0: I don't have anything for it.
3: All righty then. Moving on to probably one of the biggest movies in the MCU. Well, at least it was at that time. This was definitely the biggest movie. And one in
0: order, yes.
3: Uh, (laughs) Marvel's The Avengers came out on May 4th, 2012. Directed by Joss Whedon. Screenplay by Joss Whedon. Starring Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Mark Ruffalo. Now, here's where things get For the last time, I think. Interesting. (laughs) Mark Ruffalo replaces Edward Norton as the Hulk due to simply creative differences, as Marvel put it. But as you heard Eddie explain before, that was later flushed out a little bit more. Uh, Moving on. Chris Hemsworth, Scarlett Johansson, Jeremy Renner, Tom Hiddleston, Clark Gregg, Colby Smulders, Stalin Skosgard, and Samuel L. Jackson. Introduced major characters, Sealed Agent Maria Hill, and, of course, the Mad Titan, Thanos. (laughs) Played at that time by Damien Poitier, not who he later becomes, uh, Josh Brolin. Produced by Marvel Studios, and for the first time, distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures. On August 31st, 2009, The Walt Disney Company announced a deal to acquire Marvel Entertainment for $4.24 billion. That seems like peanuts compared to what happens later on with Fox. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. With Marvel shareholders to receive $30 and approximately 0.745 Disney shares for each share of Marvel they own. The voting occurred on December 31st, 2009, and the merger was approved. So... Even though it happened in 2009, it wasn't until 2012 with the Avengers that Walt Disney officially started distributing uh, the movies. And from here on out, it is Walt Disney. Before that, it was Paramount Pictures, except for The Incredible Hulk, that it was under Universal. Right. And that is that for the Avengers. But this was the first time we see... All these characters come together in all their glory with that beautiful score made by Alan Silvestri. For those yeah. of you who don't know who Alan Silvestri is, you might have heard of a little trilogy called Back to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> and he made that iconic score as well, as among many, many others. But that would be the one, at least in nerd culture, that probably stands out the
2: most. It also brought us the iconic scene of all the avengers in a circle. Oh line. god, that was Man. that. Man.
1: Oh. <laughs> oh, that's
0: boy. my favorite. That's my that's my favorite MCU moment. You you talk about a person that literally almost jumped out of their seat. I, I was grown as hell. <laughs> <laughs> it was no excuse for me to act the way I did at the cinema when this movie came out.
3: <laughs> it's understandably so. Uh, I re- remember seeing it for the first time, and I was just chills up the spine. I'm pretty sure I got up and started screaming at the screen <laughs> like a fucking hooligan. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, It was intense. And definitely... Just for phase one, it closes out phase one, and then the culmination of everything that happened so far to see it all come together. This this movie showed us. Okay, now I see what they're trying to do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm wondering, like, God, who could not have known that it was going to be this iconic? I mean, with we'll go into some numbers: a 225 million dollar production budget. Uh, opening weekend was 270 million. That was dem- that was uh. Yeah, opening weekend. So, it's already they've already made the money back. Mm. <laughs> it, it was just that great mm. domestically. Six hundred twenty-three million dollars worldwide. This is the first entry for the MCU into the billion-dollar club. Mm. One and a half billion dollars worldwide.
2: Yeah, damn Well, already the domestic was uh, higher than the highest global figure. It, it
0: sure was, yep
2: So that's that's already banged just domestically Topped all the rest
0: <laughs> So <laughs> you, I mean th- That says enough This was in 2012 we, If you adjust that for inflation I'm sure crazy things will happen But that was the first entry In the Billion Dollar Club And it does not uh, become too unfamiliar To hear that going forward <laughs> Yep
2: Indeed also, a uh, cool little tidbit that I found in an interview, I can't remember where the interview was, but essentially Kevin Feige explained a little bit of background as to the why Loki was the villain in Avengers. Right. A little spoiler, Loki was the villain in Avengers. You can see it in the trailer, essentially, so it's not too much of a spoiler. but Right. Uh, they, Kevin Feige actually knew this from the get-go before they even started developing Thor, that they wanted the villain in Thor – to be the major villain in Avengers. The reason being because you need to have a reason for a god to meddle in mankind, essentially. You know what I mean? So it had to be something close to him. But on top of that, they wanted a villain that was already explained, that they didn't need to go into too much backstory so that they could focus, still deliver with that villain, but also focus on the Avengers assembling, which is an iconic line as well.
0: Right. We have to. That's what fucking God damn it. Iconic yeah. line in the comics. <laughs> yeah. Let's please, please let somebody say that.
3: Oh, mm. not, not just somebody, Captain America. Yeah,
0: you got three hours to give us what we want. <laughs>
3: um. Also, one other thing uh, that I probably should mention now that I haven't mentioned yet. Uh, this was, as I said, introduced the Mad Titan Thanos, but only his face in an end credit scene. If you are wa- going into the MCU and you don't know, you need to stay. Well, stay if it's in theaters. In this case, these are all on uh, you know, Blu ray now and um, digitally you can watch them. Fast forward to the end of the credits. There is always, 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 starting right from the beginning with Iron Man, a scene, sometimes two, sometimes three,
0: mm-hmm. sometimes at five. At the end
3: of the credits. And they, yes, they are pivotal. They are not just throwaway scenes. They are usually tying in to the next movie or the next thing they want to go or with something major that's going to happen later on. And in this case, it was definitely something major by showing the Mad Titan Thanos.
0: If so. you want to look like a person who's never been to an MCU movie in your life. Get up as soon as the credits start rolling. Yeah, that's everybody knows. You see everybody else sitting, you sit too because there's the, something else. The general rule
3: of thumb when going to the movies: if the light that the show lights do not turn
2: on, no, they started doing that now. The lights they started doing on, that? Yeah, yeah, the lights fucking turn on. Anyways. Well,
3: back in the day, and that was only like five years ago. <laughs> yeah, the show lights would not turn on. Because there would be something after the credits, but I guess that's yeah, out no, the they don't do
2: that. They're like, get the fuck out. Oh, you wanna not. clean. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you wanna oh, leave? God. Leave.
3: Shit. This is Marvel. We stay until the end, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, that concludes phase one of the MCU. So we move on to phase two, starting with Iron Man three. May 3rd, 2013, it was released, directed by Shane Black. The screenplay is by Drew Pierce and Shane Black, starring Robert Downey Jr., Gwyneth Paltrow, Don Cheadle, Guy Pierce, Rebecca Hall, Stephanie—oh boy, <laughs> Stephanie So Stark, James Badge Dale, John Favreau, and Ben Kingsley. Fucking phenomenal actor! I love Ben yes. Kingsley. Introduced the major characters Aldrich Killian and the Mandarin. Produced by Marvel Studios and distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures.
0: Now, this one, I liked. I did like it. I didn't like the liberties they took with some of the characters, and you'll find out as you watch the movie. Mm -hmm. But I definitely thought this was a good way to round out the Iron Man arc.
2: I thought it was great. I thought it was really uh, singled in, uh, went really deep diving into Tony Stark and the man behind the suit.
0: Right. And, and the that's...
2: ramifications
3: of what happened in the Avengers as
0: well. Right. Yes. It just gave me Batman feels too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the production budget for this movie was $200 million. Opening weekend, it got back $174 million, $144,000. Domestically, it earned four hundred, right around $409 million. And worldwide, $1.215 billion. Stop. There we go. <laughs> there you go. Iron Man again. Iron <laughs> Man <wins>. Yeah, <laughs> Yo, right back in the billion dollar club. Don't don't get too used to it. We got we got a little scared coming, but <laughs> oh
2: boy, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> And one of the things that kind
2: of that Tasha Tasha kind of touched on a little bit was that people were not so happy with you know, a li- certain liberty that they took on a character. I'm going to talk specifically about liberty that they took with Mandarin. I'm not going to say what the liberties were or no. what the details are. Just the are.
3: differences between this and the comics,
2: correct? Well, a little bit. So essentially getting behind the reason why people were so upset. So people were so upset because people fucking love the Mandarin. For example, IGN. Uh, In their 81st Greatest Comic Book Villain of All Time Award, they gave it to the Mandarin. That just goes to show you how many people love this character. Now, you might be wondering why. Well, watch the movie, and then this is what the character is in the comics, and you might understand why. The Mandarin is a superb athlete with tremendous skills in the various martial arts. Through repeated practice, he has toughened all the striking surfaces of his body, especially his hands, which are covered with thick calluses. He even uh, split Iron Man's magnetic beam, reinforced alloy armor with repeated blows. So great is the Mandarin's martial arts ability that he can even survive without food and water, apparently sustaining himself purely via the mastery of chi. The precise degree of the Mandarin's martial arts powers have been subject of multiple implied retcons by Marvel Comics, Initially, Mandarin was portrayed as being such a superhumanly skilled martial artist that he could destroy Iron Man's armor with his bare hands. Jesus. Now watch
0: the movie and tell me what you think. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I can understand scaling him down a bit for the movie. But, right. But, yeah, when you but see the, the movie. that
3: they did. Is yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so I'll leave it alone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Watch the movie, tell us what you think. Speaking <laughs> of
3: disappointments. Oh,
2: <laughs> nice segue, James. Right.
3: Uh, this is the one I was talking about. Was this the one you were this talking about? This is the one talking? I
2: was talking about. There it, you go. Yeah, no, we all feel the in same In my personal it. opinion,
3: <laughs> you can take this fucking movie, put it in the garbage, put some fucking lighter oil on it, burn that motherfucker, put it in a fucking compactor with the ashes afterwards, and shoot that motherfucker in the ocean. Because this is fucking garbage. There's only one thing in this movie that you need for the rest of the MCU, and it's an Infinity Stone. And that's it.
0: That's it. (laughs) That's all.
3: And I'm talking about Thor, the Dark World. (laughs) Released on November 8th, 2013. Directed by Alan Taylor. Screenplay by Christopher Yotes, Stephen McFeely, and Christopher Marcus. Now, that surprises me because Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely are probably one of the, the two most prominent screenwriters in all of the MCU. And they do a damn good job with most of them. So I don't know what the bit, fuck I'll provide happened a little here. bit
2: of insight. I'll provide a little bit of insight
3: on that. Well, let me, let me just finish one, 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 one yeah. and then you can go. Uh, it stars Chris uh, Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman. Tom Hiddleston, Anthony, Sir Anthony Hopkins, Stalin Skarsgård, Idris Elba, Christopher Eccleston or Eccleston. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. Now, whew, this name. <laughs> Adewale Akinoye <laughs> Ajabaje, I think it is.
0: You butchered that. Oh, you know. You <laughs> uh, you know <laughs> it
3: ain't got no accents or nothing. I don't know how fuck to say this shit. <laughs> Kat Dennings, Ray Stevenson, Zachary Levy. Yeah. Tava Tata Nobu Asano Jamie Alexander and Renee Russo. It introduced the major characters, ruler of the dark elves, Malachite, and Tan Tan Tanlier Tyvin. Is that how you pronounce
2: that? Yeah, don't look at me, man. A.k.a. <laughs> the, <like,
3: laughs> the Collector.
2: The, the oh
3: <laughs> anyway, they don't really I think they only say his name like once and then from there on he's just known as the Collector. Okay. <laughs> Produced by Marvel Studios and distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures.
2: So to answer your question and give you a little bit of background on why this was such a piece of trash. uh, You can kind of there was a, you know, a circuit that they did with the cast and director. And essentially, you kind of got a lot of insight from two questions that were asked. So one was to the director. And he was kind of explaining that initially he wanted to make this more of a dark story, hence the dark world, and make it kind of more gritty and, and you know, have a little bit of an edge to it versus, you know, the typical Marvel movies that were out at this point. Uh, so it seems like... Something happened along the way, and he described it as seeing that the other Marvel movies relied heavily on, uh, you know, lighter notes and comedy throughout. So then they injected it. So you can you can clearly tell even in the movie that it doesn't flow well. It doesn't mesh no, well. They
3: don't seem to know what kind of uh, what uh, tone they wanted, as you just mentioned. Makes yeah. sense. Uh, it was just um, the story was pfft,
2: whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> The The bad guy, Malachi, terrible. And speaking of the bad guy and Malaith and why he was so fucking terrible, uh, when asked essentially why, what's the point of this character, what's the point of Malachith, he, uh, the actor Christopher, what was his name, Christopher?
3: Um, Christopher Eccleson.
2: Christopher Eccleson kind of went on for like 30 seconds of nervous rambling and then ended by saying that he, the purpose of this character was to get paid uh afterwards without saying that he was joking or anything like that actually gave a decent reason why he's a good villain uh but that was full of shit Mm, so he did his job after spilling the beans on the reality of it all now again you can make your own uh
3: assumptions and your own opinions when you go and watch it but take our advice we're pretty sure (laughs) most people feel (laughs) the same way about this does it reflect in the numbers uh tasha
0: yeah you can see it uh Production budget was 150 million dollars. Opening weekend, people weren't excited. It was 86, hmm. right, right under 86 million dollars. Uh, domestically, it did 206 million over the run. It still did better than uh, the first Thor hmm. worldwide. That's 644 million, million And can I make people. a comment? Yeah. Like Christopher Christopher Eccleston. Uh I know him from Doctor Who and I think he is an excellent actor. He was his skills were not they didn't play to his skills. Right. With the writing. They could what have done so much more. I'm sorry? He's an actor
2: though. That's what he's paid to do, you know what I mean? I I think that like the reason he stank, stunk the bed was because they didn't give a shit about the villain in this movie which is problem which is a problem that Marvel had. Like they always right, want to right. focus on the main characters and in this specific instance, they wanted to continue focusing on the relationship between Loki and Thor because how much Tom Hiddleston nailed Loki. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. So they, they, there was more of a focus on that. And I think he felt that and he's like, well, what the fuck is the point of my character? You know,
0: in, except in that-
2: for being like a basic villain.
0: He is, yeah. he is act- actually like, he's a great actor. He is a great actor. Just they did not play to his strengths, in my opinion. Mm. In my opinion, okay, well we can agree to
2: disagree. <laughs> yeah, we really need to get on a fight, Tasha. We we disagree yeah, on a few I, things. Awesome. I don't
0: feel like he phoned. I don't feel like he phoned it in. I feel like he did what he could with what he was given, and what he was given was like a big pile of shit, and they mm-hmm. wanted him to make a freaking steak meal out of it. And he yeah. did what he could. Yeah, yeah. I think that's me. You, you ain't gotta agree, cause. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> won't be the fuck this movie. Who won't.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Moving on, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Now the we're talking movie. about a fucking movie. Yes,
2: <laughs> still one of my all-time favorite Marvel movies.
3: Released on April fourth, two thousand fourteen. Directed by Anthony Russo and Joe Russo. You will hear these two names come up quite a bit as well. Oh, yes. Screenplay by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely again. Starring Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, Sebastian Stan, Anthony Mackie, Colby Smulders, Bre- uh, Frank Grillo, Emily Van Camp, Haley Atwell, Robert Redford, and Samuel L. Jackson. Introduced major characters, The Winter Soldier, uh, which is actually... Somebody we've already mentioned before. Yeah. Sam Wilkson, a.k.a. Falcon. Brock Rumlow. S.H.I.E.L.D. Agent 13, Kate. Baron Wolfgang von Strucker, played by Thomas uh, Kretschmann. Dr. List, played by Henry Goodman. Wanda Maria Maximov, a.k.a. Scarlet Witch, played by Elizabeth Olsen. And Pietro Django Maximov. Uh, A.K.A. Quicksilver, played by Aaron Taylor Johnson, produced by Marvel Studios and distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures.
1: Yeah. Ooh, I mean, I have we this, this movie time, came huh? out <laughs>
3: fighting.
0: <laughs> Ain't gonna be no fight.
3: <laughs> so this movie came out fighting from that opening scene. This movie took Captain America and turned it up to fucking one yes, <laughs> thousand. Right. Yeah, this this
0: I was at- one. Yeah, this is a must see.
1: Yeah.
2: As I mentioned, I wasn't really a big fan of the first one. I thought it was kind of, you know, lacked. Uh, but this one fucking opened up my eyes to Captain America. <laughs> Holy shit. Like, it process.
3: was phenomenal.
2: Yeah. It is phenomenal. And how much did it make?
0: It made a lot of money. <laughs> Not enough to me for, for what this movie is. $170 million was the production budget. What do you think opening weekend did? I'm going to say since you said you were underwhelmed
2: by it, let's maybe say it didn't make it back right away 150. I'm
3: going to mm-hmm. say 500.
0: Opening weekend was 95 million. Ooh. Damn! Ooh.
3: Maybe after Thor the Dark World people are like what the fucks going on? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but then it, it domestic box office ended at 215.9 million okay. and worldwide was 714 million no,
3: okay, <laughs> so it, it broke. It almost broke the billion dollar then, after everything.
0: I'd say almost, yeah, after the yeah. after everything else. But this movie... Fucking phenomenal. Yeah, I can't talk. I don't want to talk. I don't want to give anything away. No, we don't want to get into the
3: away. spoilers, yeah. but goddamn. Oh God. This is when the
2: MCU took a turning point, at least in my mind. It was it, a political spy thriller. Exactly. That's what I'll say, to kind of give you a feel. So imagine Captain America put into a political spy thriller... And the result is fucking phenomenal. So and probably like, one of the it.
3: best performances of Nick Fury. In, uh, oh yeah, that's
2: true. That's true. They got that's, freaking oh, save, Robert
3: Redford. Captain Marvel from what I hear, but mm. yeah. It's a little <laughs> bit said I said save from Captain Marvel from what I hear. I hear, I hear Nick Fury. But
2: story. that's not even – anyways, I don't want to – Yeah, let's not. It's a different character. <laughs> Nick Fury before Nick Fury. So <laughs> – uh, but yeah, so a little bit behind the scenes from the Russo brothers themselves. Uh, they were on Honest Trailers. If you haven't watched Honest Trailers, it's fucking hilarious. Give it on a YouTube, listen on YouTube. Right on YouTube. Yeah, oh. give it a listen. Uh, so Honest Trailers essentially sat down with the Russo brothers to review the their Honest Trailer of Winter Soldier. At this point, uh, Civil War was coming out, which was hilarious, by the way. What the Honest, Honest Trailer? Oh yeah, 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 it was fucking <laughs> hilarious. Uh, and so during that they kind of went into a little bit of details of behind the scenes and whatnot and actually throughout the movie they're actually fans uh, throughout the filming of this movie they're actually fans of Honest Trailers themselves so they would always refer to uh, scenes and things like that okay we gotta make this Honest Trailer proof so that we don't so the fuckers at Honest Trailers don't go at us Uh, with respect of course Uh, they also mentioned that they hated Captain America growing up like they just didn't like the character they thought he was too square And that's my issue with the first movie. So uh, the, you know, different Captain America that we see in the second one, so Winter Soldier, is a lot different than the first one. And they uh, loved that they could do that because uh, this Captain America was out of time, right? Not out of time as in he had no more time left, but he was out of his time period. So, uh, you know, a little bit of spoilers there, but not much. So, it doesn't really affect anything. All right. But so they loved, loved reinventing Captain America. And I think, obviously, we all think that they did a fucking bang up job.
0: Hell yeah. Yeah. They did great.
2: All
3: right. So, moving on. Now, Marvel took a real chance here with
0: this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> These are some that, that people. I had, I had never heard of them. Neither had I. Movie, and I, 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 I didn't go to the movies, people. but I'm like, I don't know who these fuckers are. But
3: okay. <laughs> and I think most people are in the same boat. And if you don't know what we're talking about, we are talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, released on August 1st, 2014, directed by James Gunn, the screenplay by James Gunn and Nicole Perlman, starring Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Batista, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, Lee Pace, Michael Ruper, Ruper? Rooker, Rooker, <laughs> Karen Gillan, oh, boy. <laughs> Here we go. Now, I usually say Digimon, (laughs) but that's not how you pronounce his name. It's Jamon Hunsu.
0: Good job.
3: (laughs) Who's actually a great, great actor. I've seen him on a bunch of other things. He's fucking phenomenal. Uh, John C. Riley, Glenn Close, and Benicio del Toro. Introduced major characters Peter Quill, aka Star Lord, Gamora, Drax the Destroyer, Groot, Rocket Raccoon, Ronan the Accuser, Yandu. Udonta, Nebula, Korath, Irani Rail, aka Nova Prime, and this is just because I found it funny, and who knows, we might see him later on, Howard the Duck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is, Disney Plus, I think.
3: <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: That's yeah, true.
3: Produced by Marvel Studios and distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures. Yeah, they uh, took a chance, as we said, on this one, and goddamn, I think it paid off. Did it not, Tasha?
0: Yeah, if you if you're talking about money, then yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is what I'm talking about. <laughs> 170 million dollar production budget, uh, 94 million opening weekend, which is far more than I would expect for this band of misfits. The domestic
2: was amazing. I'm, yeah. I'm,
0: oh yeah, they did a good job. I mean, yeah. domestically, uh, 333 million, 172. $1,000, which I'm so fucking pissed that you guys went to see this and not Captain America the Winter Soldier, but I digress. <laughs> Worldwide, Guardians of the Galaxy garnered 770 million dollars,
3: 867,000. Uh damn. Yeah, I know this was as you said, a bunch of misfits and I mean, you could tell from when I said the major inter- characters introduced, one of them is Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> That is not <laughs> some kind of code name. It is literally a
2: raccoon. Yep,
1: we're but goddamn,
2: does it work. Yes. Yeah, no, I had no idea who this team was. But to give you guys a little bit of background on the team from the comics so, the Guardians of the Galaxy initially kicked off in one of Marvel's alternate universes. So, not the main 616 universe, but in yeah. an alternate universe. And the original team consisted of a few people, some you might recognize. Uh, Major Vance Astro, or otherwise known as Major Victory, Charlie Twenty Seven, Martinex Yandu. So Yandu was initially part of the Guardians of the Galaxy in that older uh, universe That's within the Marvel universe. Uh, Starhawk, Yiki, uh, Nikki, sorry, Alta Agord, Replica, Talon, Yellow Jacket, and Gina Drake. Now in 2008 the series re-kicked off within Universe 616, so the main Marvel Universe in the comics, with the team that you might recognize a little bit better. Uh, So Drax the Destroyer was there, Gamora, Star-Lord, Rocket Raccoon. Also joining them was Adam Warlock, uh... Groot, as you know from the movies, Mantis, as you know from the movies, Major Victory. I am (laughs) Groot. Major Victory, as was also part of the original OG team in the other universe. Uh, Jack Flag, Bug, Cosmo the Space Dog, Moondragon, and, yeah. Yeah. Cosmo the Space Dog. Keeping with the Guardian of the Galaxy nature of things. Jesus. And the team also saw a bunch of uh, other people that came in and out of the team. Like, for example, major hitters like Iron Man and Ant-Man. Yeah.
3: Well, this movie is some of the most fun you will have in the entirety of the MCU. Uh, talk about humor. It just it really punches you in the face with its weirdness, and it, it, it sticks. It, it, it's probably the one, at least in my opinion, that feels the most like a comic book movie, hmm? if that makes any well, sense. Yeah, <laughs> I,
2: I think that it was also the first time that Marvel really let go of the reins a little bit, mm-hmm. and they're like, all right, you do what you want. And oh yeah, because James Gunn had full creative control at that point. Yeah, James Gunn just fucking hit it out of the park.
0: Right. They let him go, and he went. And and that's going back back. to what you said. I think which movie were you talking about? I think you were talking about Thor: The Dark World when you were kind of talking about the the team, the production team, the writing team didn't have free reign.
1: Yeah. You can
0: you could kind of feel it in the movie. Yeah. And then. Guardians of the Galaxy is the exact opposite. You can see what happens when everybody let go and just let James Gunn do his thing. And this was like I couldn't believe how good this movie really turned out. It was great.
2: Yeah, I'd be really surprised, but I think uh something that might have influenced that a little bit was with Dark World, I think they did really want to give, you know, more reins to the director. Mm-hmm. But They kind of got nervous about it afterwards when they saw how far from what they had previously done the director went with it. Uh, and DC was actually applying some pressure then as well, and they're like, oh, no, we're going to really make movies that are director-driven. That was DC's big thing at the beginning. This is a director-driven movie. That didn't work out for them. <laughs> but at first, when they first started thinking, saying that they were going to do their DC universe, that was one of their major things. Oh, we're different from Marvel because these are going to be director-driven films. So I think maybe they kind of you know, riled up Marvel a little bit, and then they kind of got off course and then got back on course with Guardians
0: of the Galaxy. Right. I see what you're you're saying, because just like you said, it it started off uh, Marvel chasing D.C., and then it became a little more fun now that the Rabbits got the gun. Uh, (laughs) Freaking Marvel has the gun now, and now D.C. is kind of trailing them. D.C. should have never left their formula, but that is a whole different conversation. (laughs) Oh,
3: yeah. We can do another episode of the breakdown of the comprehensive breakdown of the DCEU
0: oh, later yeah. on. It's of sure.
2: a breakdown, more of a clusterfuck. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, well,
0: the, right. Yeah. <laughs> Nervous breakdown of all the fans. <laughs> yeah. It got uh, bad for a little... Okay, I won't do that. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: One last thing I want to add before we move on is if you are a fan of classic rock in the 70s or 80s, damn, this movie's got you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right.
0: This is one of the best soundtracks I have ever heard. And I'm an old lady. <laughs> you know, this is a, this was a banging soundtrack. The music <laughs> yeah. was great.
3: All right, so moving on to the next culmination movie or ensemble movie, Avengers Age of Ultron. Released on May 1st, 2015. Directed again by Josh Whedon. Screenplay again by Josh Whedon. Starring Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth. Mark Ruffalo, Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, Jeremy Renner, Don Cheadle, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany, Kobe Smulders, Anthony Mackie, Haley Atwell, Idris Elba, Stalin Skosgard, James Spader, and Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Introduced the major characters, Vision, Ultron, Laura Barton, uh, played by Linda Cardel- no. Cardellini, Cardellini, yeah, that's it. Uh, one of my personal favorites, Ulysses Claw, played by Andy Serkis. Uh, Madame B, played by Julie Dupley. And the AI Friday, played by Carrie Condon. Uh, produced by Marvel Studios and distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures.
2: I didn't realize that Ulysses
3: Claw was in this. I don't remember that. Yes, he was. He was the arms dealer.
1: Ah. <laughs> arms dealer.
3: You'll get that later on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, Avengers: Age of Ultra with a three hundred thirty million dollar production budget, is, and it depends on which list you go by. It's Can
3: you just a three hundred thirty million dollar budget.
0: That's what I said. Oh fuck. Et- fuck! Possibly, yeah, yeah. depending on which list you're looking at, it's the second most expensive movie ever, behind uh, one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Oh
2: wow!
0: But, yeah, this is yes. a
2: lot of money on the. Jesus.
3: All right. But I
0: can't I still don't get why they spent so much money on Ultron. Three hundred. They wanted to make all those
3: Well, because I scenes. guess making Ultron entirely CG was really a part not of not just
2: Ultron, but I mean I don't want to give spoilers for the movie, but you could ju- just watch the movie
0: and you'll see how yeah. much CG yeah, yeah, yeah. went into that movie. If you thought
3: Avengers had a lot of action, this ramped
0: it up. Oh yeah. Okay, so that three hundred thirty million dollars opening weekend was one hundred and ninety-one million dollars. Mm-hmm. And domestic was $459 mm-hmm. million. Worldwide was another billion-dollar entry, $1,403,013. Mm-hmm. Yes. And while, while
2: it was a financial success, a lot of people looked at Age of Ultron as a failure. It just didn't hit home for a lot of people, myself included, uh, as something memorable, especially when you're following up Avengers, which was so iconic and so memorable. Age of Ultron is kind of like the, you know, something you want to forget about. Like, eh, whatever.
3: <laughs> I, I don't feel that strongly about it, but eh. I could see what you're saying. It did kind of fall off a
2: little bit.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, also- although I loved, I must say, one personal thing I loved is the voice of Ultron. Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> thought it was really uh, James cool.
3: Spader. Yeah, James Spader. Yeah, yeah. James Spader. Yeah.
2: yeah and that, but, like, it's also one of the reasons why uh, Josh Whedon no longer continued to direct the Avengers. After that point, he was gone. So uh, This,
0: this it was man said this, received- movie <laughs> this movie aged him. This movie aged him. And we talk about director, again, uh, studio interference. This is like yeah. I had an episode where I talked about how studios interfere and this was one of those movies where he felt an immense amount of pressure from the MCU god himself, Kevin Feige. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, one thing he did achieve, one other little tidbit, was that he wanted it to be shorter than the original. Uh, that was Joss Whedon's whole goal. He wanted the sequel to be shorter than the original. He achieved his goal by one minute.
2: <laughs>
3: well, you know. <laughs> I, I Like I said, I didn't hate it. I think it's still a great entry. I just don't feel it was as strong as the original. Oh, I went in kind of hard
2: on it, but I mean, I don't hate the movie. It was an all right movie, but compared to the first one, it was, you know, far removed from that.
3: Now, I want to steer yeah. off a little bit here. I know I said to you, Eddie, off-air that I wasn't going to do this until the end, but I'm going to do it here. I changed my mind. Liar,
1: James. You're a liar.
3: So within this movie, we have Elizabeth Olsen and Aaron Taylor-Johnson playing Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Um, now, there's a little bit of trickery here with this. Now, for those of you who do know comics, you will recognize the name Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver as being the children of Magneto in the X-Men comics. So, what happened here is they could not use the word mutants or have any connection to the X-Men whatsoever. Why, you might ask? Well, (laughs) I'm going to break down what happened recently with the 21st Century Fox and Disney deal. So on July 27th, 2018, shareholders agreed to sell the majority of its assets to Disney for a whopping 71.3 billion dollars.
0: The Woo! sale covered,
3: yeah, the sale covered most of Fox's entertainment assets, including 20th Century Fox, FX Networks, and on this one I didn't know until I looked it up, National Geographic Partners, mm-hmm. among others. Uh, which is also the National Geographic, little tidbit here, side note, uh, is coming to the Disney Plus app as well. Makes sense. That's crazy. That app's going to be a fucking monster. But anyway, going on. Uh, how does this pertain to the MCU, you might ask? Well, under Fox, the X-Men and the Fantastic Four were made. Back in the 90s, Marvel sold the movie rights to them because they didn't have the money they uh, to internally start financing as they did when they started the MCU. Uh, so any X-Men or Fantastic Four movies that currently exist are not part of the MCU. Hence why in Avengers Age of Ultron, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are referred to as the enhanced and not mutants, because at that time, the MCU could not use the word mutants as that term was owned by Fox. Mm -hmm. However, now things have changed. Both the X-Men and the Fantastic Four are back under Marvel Studios due to the Disney buying, uh, due to Disney buying Fox. So in the not too distant future, we will see both integrated into the MCU.
2: And just to add to that, another reason why Disney, uh, not Disney, but why Marvel started selling off the rights to its properties, was also because the comic book company wasn't doing very good at the time. So they needed money, and that's right. what they were doing for money. So that's why we, you know, saw the initial X-Men and Spider-Man. Uh, that was one of the first times that they distributed the characters out.
3: Right, and it wasn't
2: really. It was very weird distributions. Like, we can have an entire episode on that as well. Like, it it was just weirdly distributed. But anyways, the future is unified. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So, moving on. Unless, Tasha, you
3: have something else to add? Nothing. All right. (laughs) Moving on to another chance that they took and that also paid off. And one of the most delightful films I would use as the word to describe it in the MCU uh, and that finishes off Phase 2, which I didn't know, actually. I thought it always, Phase 2 always ended with Age of Ultron, but in fact, it does not. It ends with Ant-Man, released on July 17, 2015, directed by Peyton Reed, the screenplay by a screenplay by Edgar Wright, Joe Cornish, Anna McKay, and Paul Rudd. Starring Paul Rudd, Env- uh, Evangeline Lilly, Corey Stahl, Bobby Cannavale, Michael Pien- uh, Peña, yeah, Tip T. Yeah, Harris, Anthony <laughs> Mackie, <laughs> Wood Harris, uh, Judy Greer, David Dasmaltian, Dasmaltian, I guess, and Michael Douglas. Introduced major characters, Scott Lang, a.k.a. Ant-Man, Hope Van Dyne, Darren Cross, a.k.a. Yellow Jacket, Hank Pym, and Janet Van Dyne. Produced by Marvel Studios and distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures. Ant-Man. Long pause. Right.
0: (laughs) Ant Man should have come out in the first in the first phase.
3: Oh yeah.
0: Why? However, well, because they didn't. You said you're happy it didn't. Yeah, because I feel like Marvel needed to get their
2: shit together, and they fucked up enough, and you know made amends with those fuck ups enough that Ant Man was exactly what it needed to be, which was a fun side movie that was still connected. Mm-hmm. I think if it wasn't at that t- point in time, I think it would have been a very, very different movie.
0: Hmm. And I agree like with the with where it ultimately ended up coming out. But mm-hmm. in the beginning, Ant-Man was the first movie they started working on.
3: Oh, I did not really? know that. Okay.
0: Yes. Ant-Man they started working on in 2000. It might have even been before 2000. <laughs>
1: God damn. <laughs> Edgar, wow. Wright,
0: wow. Edgar Wright got on... And he had already started writing the the screenplay in 2006. Oh,
3: shit. So
0: we know, th- I mean, historically, uh, Ant-Man is one of the founding, the, the Wasp in Ant-Man, I believe, one of the founding members of the Avengers. Yep. Yep. So he but was supposed was to that, come that out.
3: That was Hank Pym's Ant-Man, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't was the Hank
2: Scott Lang
0: version. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Scott Lang, actually, on that note. Scott Lang was introduced in the Avengers issue 181, and became Ant-Man in Marvel Premium issue 47 a month later on. So that's actually when Scott Lang became Ant-Man. But even in the animated show that I watched as a kid, the Avengers one, uh, it was Hank Pym. So okay. they were still using Hank Pym heavily as well, uh, even though uh, Scott Lang was introduced. It was in the seven in the 70s, 79. Hmm. Yeah.
3: Well, as you heard me state when the major characters in this movie, it's not like Hank Peng is there. He's just there.
2: Yeah, exactly. Not not
3: this irritation of uh, Ant-Man.
2: Which I thought was a nice touch, though, because they already had some history there with Captain America, the first Avenger. So it was kind of cool to see that, Okay, yeah, other stuff existed in the past as well. So I thought that was a nice uh, touch. Yeah, because you
3: once again, I believe, see Howard Stark and Peggy Carter. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I like that. I like that touch. And the production budget on Ant Man was 130 million dollars. Opening weekend was a modest 57 million, 225. But who expected it to do much more than that? Mm-hmm. Uh, domestic was 180 million dollars, 202 thousand, and worldwide it made half a billion dollars.
3: Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah it definitely can... exceeded their expectations. I know that for sure. Right. Yeah.
2: I was really happy. It was a, it was a fun, fun movie. Yeah, exactly. It was a fun movie. I, I think what like what, just tying back to what I was saying before. Like I think what, another reason why it was so great that it happened afterwards was because after all these heavy moments in the MCU, it was nice to get like this lighthearted little, yeah. you know,
3: yeah.
2: journey. It's a good break. Well,
3: that's enough for lighthearted moments for the most part. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, the real, end of phase two. End of, of the phase real two. Shit. <laughs>
3: phase three, the largest and probably most Violent and just like if you thought these movies were big before, now it just it just goes off the fucking rails.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: Starting with Captain America: Civil War, that releases on, that released on May 6 thousand sixteen. It is directed by Anthony Russo and Joe Russo. The screenplay again is by Christopher marcus and Stephen McFeely. Starring Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr., Scarlett Johansson, Sebastian Stan, Anthony Mackie, Don Cheadle, Jeremy Renner, Chadwick Boseman, Paul Bettany, Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Rudd, Emily Van Camp, Tom Holland, Frank Grillo, William Hurt, and Daniel Brühl. It introduced the major characters T'Challa, a.k.a. Black Panther, T'Chaka, played by John Canney, Spider-Man, Crossbones, Helmut Zemo, Everett K. Ross, uh, played by Martin Freeman, Aunt May, played by Marissa Tomei, and Maria Stark, played by Hope Davis, produced by Marvel Marvel Studios and distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures.
1: Ooh-wee! Yeah. (laughs) is huge.
3: The introduction of Black Panther and Spider-Man into the MC fucking you.
2: Yeah, and <laughs> Peter Parker unless, you know, no, you consider... No, no, no. <laughs> he was
3: introduced in Iron Man 2. Do not break my bubble in my dream. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so the character of Spider-Man was introduced in this one. Speaking <laughs> of characters, Aunt May was so dramatically different than what we're used to seeing, It was kind of cool.
3: By none other than the lovely Marissa Tomei. Yeah. She is I wonderful. think
0: they needed that. That that Aunt May is too damn old. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah this, we needed this Aunt May. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I agree.
3: <laughs> I mean, I, my eyes agree too, so <laughs> I'm pretty sure.
0: <laughs> I'm
3: pretty sure Tony Stark's eyes agree too. Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: Tony Stark, or I think he's seen her in her entirety. That was his I think his girlfriend at one time.
3: Oh, you know what? That. Thank you for that, Eddie. Sorry, Tasha, to cut you off real quick there. Um, I did forget one character I should have mentioned.
2: Oh, uh, you didn't mention I Happy? I did
3: not mention Happy Hogan. Oh. And he was introduced in the original Iron Man. Yeah,
2: he was also, he's also played by the director of the original Iron Correct. Man. Correct. I don't
3: know Favre. why, for whatever reason, I forgot. Because, uh, I mean, he's... Throughout the entire saga, yeah. So, yeah, he's there to this day. So, mm-hmm. so let
0: your fans come and get you. It was gonna let yeah, them, them yeah,
3: control. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <fucked> up again. <laughs> so how much, uh, So with this ridiculous ensemble movie that like was kind of a basically Avengers two point five. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how much money did it
0: make? Two hundred fifty million dollar production budget. I guess Woo. that's where I should start. And it's yeah. not that, you know, you think of Age of Ultron and you, you were talking more characters, but I understand it was a lot of CG. I get it. <laughs> $250 yeah. million dollars production budget for Captain America Civil War. Opening weekend was $179,139,142. I wasn't really giving that loose change, but I did this time.
1: <laughs> Domestic box
0: office was $408 million. Worldwide, $1.14 billion.
2: Joins the Billion Dollar Club. <sighs> well, I, don't, I think in phase three, most of them are. Yeah, in phase three, most of them, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, if we were just almost to average out all of these movies, all of them would be <laughs> billion dollar movies, almost. Yeah. Real close. <laughs> And this wasn't just a
2: massive movie, but it was also a massive event in the comics. Oh, yes. Uh, this saw the entire Marvel Universe uh, kind of go at it with one another, on, built on the same premise, essentially. Uh, but after a lot of different events that occurred in the comics, House of M, shout out House of M as one of my favorite Marvel comics out there, being one of them. Oh, God, can you imagine getting a House of M in the MCU now? Oh, my God, that'd be oh, amazing. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, and that works, actually, because... Yeah. But, yeah, that'd be awesome. But, yeah, so you saw a bunch, a bunch of uh, crazy shit happen in this comic book series. And there was a bunch of tie-ins as well. Uh, One of the tie-ins was for Spider-Man, in which Aunt May dies. So Peter Parker reveals his identity, and then the villains go after Aunt May, and she inevitably dies. Mm. Uh, I'm pretty sure they retconned that after the Civil War, but in Civil War she does that.
0: I mean he she's not the only one, but i yeah, will <laughs> well, leave it alone the because only. I don't wanna uh, spoil it. Well that's the, if, the, comic the comic book. This but is the comic book. But if I say books, books, what books, happens in the oh, comic
3: book. Oh, 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 I understand. Because yeah. I
0: think that well, I'll leave it alone.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I get I get what you're saying. All right. So then moving on to I think Tosh's one of Tosh's personal favorites due yeah. to a certain Mr. Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> 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 and that is Doctor Strange. Released on November 4th, 2016. Directed by Scott Deckerson, or Derrickson, I should say. Screenplay by John Spets, Spets, Spates, something like that. Scott <laughs> Dickerson and C. Robert Cargill. Starring Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh boy. boy it's a beautiful
0: She-wetil
3: man. She went to EG4. Is that the of
0: 4
3: 4 Something
0: like that. Really uh, 4, yeah. There you go. four Yeah, I think I mean, so. L. It starts with an E, right? Yeah. E-L?
3: No, there's no L. It's, it's J. Edgy of four, then. Okay. Well, I guess. Uh, yeah. Rachel McAdams, Benedict Wong, Michael Stolberg, uh, Benjamin Bratt, Scott Atkins, Mad Milkinson, uh, and, and Tilda Swinton. Introduce major characters. Dr. Stephen Strange, Car Mordo, Christine Palmer, Wong, uh, Ke- 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 oh, boy. Kel- <laughs> Kelsey Leos how do you fucking pronounce that name? Calsilius. Calsilius. That's it. Thank you. Uh, the ancient one and Dormammu. <laughs> Produced by Marvel Studios, uh, and first movie to introduce the new character logo. Because uh, whenever you see Marvel Studios, you know they have the music swelling, blah blah blah. But this was the first movie that actually had the character logo in the sense of you see every character from the major character, right, movie, right, right. from the Avengers. Uh, as the the music is playing and you see the Marvel Studios logo, and distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures. So, oh, yeah. I'll I pass, think I'll pass it on to Tasha first. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you don't have to give it. You know what? Go ahead. What was what was your point? What the point? What uh, point were you about to make? Eddie? That, I was just going to say that
2: this is probably one that we're going to disagree on. uh Oh, because you love it, it's, and I it, it felt yeah.
0: kind of probably. Kinda... If you don't love this movie, <laughs> yeah. no probably Eddie.
2: Uh-oh. Right, so, this we will definitely disagree on this one. This one to me felt uh, a little like a, a step back for Marvel. Oof, yeah, kind of the same way that I felt about Captain Marvel. Uh, I did like it more than Captain Marvel, but it felt like a little step back for me. Like they were trying to do a bit too much originy and then Oof. whatnot.
3: Well, we are both going to disagree on you, with you on this one. It's all good. It's all good. Doctor Strange is lit. <laughs> yeah, the it visual,
0: was very good. It's a beautiful movie. movie, period. Yes. You know, yes. it looks good. And then you have Doctor Strange is really a B character. Really a B character. There uh, are very few people who could pick him out on the lineup, you know. So mm-hmm. he needed a little bit more... Uh, Origin behind him of telling his backstory, and I think they paced it well, and they did a good job of this is his backstory, and then getting us to uh, us seeing him become the the Sorcerer Supreme or the heir to the, the almost Sorcerer Sorcerer Supreme. So I think
2: for me, mm-hmm. there's too many parallels with Tony Stark and him. At the you beginning. know, like they didn't they didn't. I found that uh, Doctor Strange really came through in the next movie. But in this one, it still didn't feel right. Like, it just, it just felt off. Like, it was, it was still a great movie. Like, I wouldn't say it was a bad movie at all. Uh, it just didn't hit home for me like the rest of the MCU. Well, most of the rest of the MCU hit home for me.
0: Now, I believe if you were to just have to describe the character, yeah, he's – the only difference is he's a doctor and he's an asshole and he's arrogant. Yeah. and he, You know, so that's, that's true to the comics. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and okay, I I know I always say this is the fucking movies, it's not the comics, but (laughs) they stayed true to the source material. So I don't understand. We're not going to agree and I'm not going to keep defending (laughs)
2: the
0: very, very, very beautiful Doctor Strange. (laughs) It was
2: too much of a fat. It was too much like a, a change in pace for the character. I found from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie, they tried to do too much in too little time. And it didn't follow through for me for that reason.
0: So you felt like it was it, the pacing was just completely off for you.
2: Yeah, the pacing was off. Like I felt like at the beginning of the movie, which is fine, like you want character growth in a movie, but I felt like at the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie, it was a completely different individual and in their stand, considering he went through everything and whatnot. But it just they didn't sell it for me. Like what, what really sold it for me afterwards and what made the full transition to Doctor Strange from, you know, just the arrogant doctor was in the next movie that he's in. That That's now, when I was really like, okay, that is Doctor Strange. I believe that he's been in it for a while now.
0: This <laughs> is like where I I, I kind of feel what Marvel did with their timeline. We're, this is my only reference to the Marvel uh, timeline with it. They show that Doctor Strange is a movie that's spread out over the course of a year. So mm-hmm. this is not something that happened like, in 3 weeks he 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 got these powers and he was able to do all this 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 is stretched out over the course of a year so i think that's what that kind of makes it believable i get, i get it i get it as much it. as you can believe somebody being a magic you know <laughs> uh huh uh
2: huh and like i said it wasn't a bad movie i just think that it didn't hit home you know you're putting gold next to gold right so it's like okay well right. what did what? what's like this one wasn't as shiny as the other gold piece was
1: <laughs> that's what i'm
2: saying i'm saying that it was still a great movie but it wasn't it felt like it lacked certain things for me not as much as captain marvel but then i didn't enjoy it as much as i enjoyed something as simplistic as ant-man Wow.
3: well y'all are gonna have to agree to disagree <laughs> myself included um, this was the first time that the MCU introduced the mystic arts into the fold. Um, With Guardians of the Galaxy, they introduced like the. Uh...
0: And there you have it. I stopped it at Doctor Strange. I figured that's as good a place as any to stop, right? Boy, gonna let you get all the way up to the beautiful Doctor Strange, played by the very handsome Benedict Cumberbatch, but I digress. <laughs> This Friday, we're going to be talking about the uh, best MCU moments leading up to Avengers Endgame. So, I'm going to try to go movie by movie. Maybe not every movie is going to have a favorite moment of mine going through it. Because, of course, this list is, is from my point of view. But if you head over to any of my social medias or email me, at afterthesnap at gmail.com you can um, give me your ideas of what would be favorite MCU moments for you and I'll include those in this Friday's episode so this Friday come hang out and if there's any other end game uh, developments I'll talk about them and I think this Friday will be where we shut down the the end game talk there will be No spoilers, no theories, none of that after this week, Friday's episode. So let's get it all out of our system this week. Friday might even go on a marathon episode, but let's get it all out of our systems this week. Friday and that last week heading into Avengers Endgame will be radio silence about Endgame. We can talk all the way up till Endgame. We can even say what we might hope we look forward to. No theories, no sort of spoilers. How about that? All right, but thanks a lot for hanging out with us again this week. Um, I've got really nothing else for you today. So I will catch you all on the flip.